Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Well, welcome in to the ESPN Roundtable and happy to be joined this week by the head coach of the University of Montana men's basketball team, Travis DeCure. Coach DeCure, you came all the way across town and you're in studio. Thanks for being here. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, we're certainly happy to have you in here and uh, it's been a, an interesting and a very fun season for Grizz fans watching uh, watching your basketball team play. There was like a lot of question marks for a lot of people, maybe even for yourself, coming into this season with the class that graduated. And once again, 15 games in, three quarters of the way through the regular schedule, 12 and three, a game and a half up on the field, and they won five in a row now. What has maybe surprised you pleasantly the most about your team this year, if anything? Um, the response to challenges, you know, there, there have been a lot of individual challenges throughout the season. Um, probably had more one-on-one meetings with this group than any team we've had. And, and it, and it, none of it was like attitude adjustments or any of that type of stuff. Some of it was role refinement, but most of it was, um, just, you know, watching film, describing what we need from guys individually, seeing what they're doing right, seeing what they're doing wrong. Um, it took us a long time to mold this team together. I was telling Ryan in the non-conference that watching you guys early, it, it, it was it was trying because you guys, there was not a lot of flow. And I think that everybody that was involved, whether it was you as coaches or the players, you could tell. And I think that part of that just comes with chemistry, learning how to play with each other and real role definition, all the things that go into just the making of a roster. And, I was just so interested to see what was going to happen with this team because it seemed like the last month of the non-conference, just an uphill battle the whole way. You had the loss to Montana Tech. That game against Omaha seemed like it was kind of just rock bottom in terms of shooting. But then you guys burst out to a 3-1 conference start. All of a sudden, you're 7-1 in league play. And to watch it turn and click like it did, 
Very impressive. In your mind, though, what changed the most? Um, I just think we got further along into the season. <clears throat> we got closer to um, being confident in, in who we were individually and collectively in playing our role. Um, but also we got our defense and our offense completely in, which allowed us to spend more time on skill development, shooting, um, and just playing. You know, we weren't playing very much in practice the first two months. It was a lot of breakdown, a lot of situations, um, which meant there's no flow in practice. And if there's no flow in practice, there's no flow in the game. When you talk about skill development in the, in the, uh, the context of practice, I mean, people, I think, hear that and they think, well, what do, you, do we dribble it around cones? We take it more free throws? What does that mean? Because there's so many different ways to develop skills, particularly it's one thing to be skillful in a gym and it's another thing to be skillful in a game, right? Yeah, and, and y- it's all it's different for each guy. Um, you know, there's some guys that need certain shots. And, and once you've finalized where guys are in the offense, now when we do shooting, they get more game shots as opposed to, you know, they might shoot three or four shots in practice now as opposed to 15 or 20 different scenarios. Um, so they're getting more reps of the actual shots that they're going to take in a game. Um, it's also some of just playing and getting a feel for it. And, you know, there's a few guys in our program that do a good job of shooting on their own, and there's some that don't. And when you start to practice shorter, uh, and you have more time for the skill stuff, guys are getting up more shots daily because we're shooting more in practice. Um, but you can't do that in November and December. It's just hard to do unless you return a veteran team like we have in the past. One of my favorite parts about basketball broadly is just the delicacy of the chemistry of a team, the artistry that goes with developing that. And sometimes it is such an intangible element. Sometimes you don't even really know how to develop it. It just It has to just form on its own but in your mind how does something like that grow because it is such it's probably the most essential element of basketball yeah you know the biggest thing for us i think is trust you know that's been Mm -hmm. a common word for us here lately is seniors got to trust freshmen freshmen got to trust the seniors and then everyone in between's got to trust everyone and that's hard when you got three guys that have been leaders of their team the last couple years go to guys they're very confident in who they are and they try to make plays is you've got a couple seniors that they've been waiting their turn and, you know, they feel like it's their team, it's their turn, and it's tough on the chemistry early. And like I say, when we start meeting and watching film and discuss decision-making and, you know, we've used the term good to great, um, you know, you pass up an okay shot for a great shot, and that might mean the best shooter might not shoot it. Uh, when you get to that point, then you become a good offensive team. And typically when you have good flow offensively, you put less pressure on your defense and transition and turnovers and things like that. <clears throat> so once again, your mind, your approach, your togetherness always has an effect on both sides of the ball. When you talk about in, in terms of the team makeup, sometimes the assumption is that when freshmen come in, they got to be brought along, they got to be taught, certainly they do. But also, is there an element at which, because they're sort of moldable into this new program, they can fit sometimes easier than more veteran guys who then are established? And then when you put those together, it can be, I don't know, like the teeth on a zipper. I mean, kind of coming together if it goes right. Do you see that? Definitely. Um, And that's why it's important is to recruit from programs 
not just basketball teams. There's, there's a lot of guys out there that people recruit that put up numbers. They're good players, <clears throat> but they don't win. They don't come from programs that have won. They're not being coached. The ball's just rolled out. Those guys, it takes a lot longer um, to to get on one page, on the same page as, as the group, um, which is a big part of transferring, and, and it's played a role in transferring here. Um, and so our freshmen all came from environments where they were coached, there was a level of expectation of how you play, and it wasn't always about just them individually, and it's made it a lot easier to mold them with our group. A lot of times at this level, though, when you get big-time recruits that you know you beat some schools for, they're three-star guys, they come to the level like the big sky because they think they're going to be stars right away, and it doesn't seem like these guys have. I know that you've gone through some stuff with maybe – Reminding them of that, but it seems by and large that Josh Vasquez, Derek Carter Hollinger, and Kyle Owens have bought in pretty well to to not being the dudes. No question. Um, and there have been moments, you know, there's a guy here that you, you might bring in and say, we need more out of you, and there's another guy that, hey, you know, what's up? You know, you, you, you're not the same guy you were last week. Or you have to have these conversations that remind them um, what, what the long run looks like, remind them that every game isn't going to be like last game. Um, and, and for freshmen, that's the hardest part. You, you jump up and have 19 points. You think, oh, I can do this every night now. Well, the reality is you, those same shots might not be available. Uh, maybe the way they were defending us left something out there for you that might not exist in the next game. Maybe you've moved up on the scouting report. You know, Coulter, the online world is complex, and it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online. And let's be honest, every business is online in this day and age. How nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also making it secure? One of the great books ever written, Eric Hoffer, The True Believer. One of the theses in this book is man of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot. Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action. When your business online needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. Ensure that your company is online all the time. Get the people of action from Blackfoot Communications. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Travis Secure joining us, the head coach of the University of Montana men's basketball team. They're 12-3 and three at Montana State. Cat Grizz round two uh, this season, uh, Saturday evening. Saeed Pridget, believe, led this team in scoring last season on a stack team. We've seen, we know what he can do on this floor. His development in terms of his ability to play basically every position, both ends, has been truly remarkable. But I think, speak for Coulter as well here, his leadership quality that he has brought to this team has been something that we didn't know exactly what that was going to look like for him. And it has been, as I mean, as obvious to us as anybody that we've seen. Did you know that that – that, that you were going to get that from him this season? Yeah, he, he, he's different than any leader I've had, um, you know, and, and I think one of the reasons I respect his approach so much is it's fairly similar to what mine was in terms 
of the competitiveness. And and so he, he leads a lot by example, but also when he's vocal, his expectations on his teammates is vocalized. And you've got to have thick skin to play with Saeed. Um, and so there, there's a lot of times where, you know, his emotions are on his sleeve and, he, you know, jump on my back when I'm playing well and when I'm not, pick me up. Um, and he has no problem vocalizing that. But I think that his guys know what he wants for the group. And because they understand that it's not just about him, they follow. And um, it, it's, it's been fun to watch. But he showed signs of that last year when Jamar went out. Um, the guys were kind of looking around. And, you know, there were some people that were comfortable in the roles that they had, but they weren't ready for their role to change. And he was the one guy that I thought was ready for his role to change because once, like I said earlier today, is that he, he was further along than maybe his opportunity was available to him. And so, you know, we had to sit down with the team and say, hey, he's the guy, and we're going to have to be okay with that if we're going to keep winning. And so his leadership of this program started probably last year in February. I thought there was a great moment after the last rivalry game where uh, I think Ryan asked Saeed a question about the way that he, he was making adjustments offensively against the Cats zone, and, and then when they switched their defense in the second half, when he took over against the one-on-one coverage, especially when they regarded him with a freshman, and he said, you know, hey, I kind of just take what they give me, but sometimes I demand the ball, and Coach and I kind of talked about it, and he said, yeah, that's kind of what you said, but I think that the, you're, you mentioned it. I mean, you guys are similar personalities. You're a very demanding guy. You, you demand the best out of everybody. Even, even us, you're always demanding everybody. Yeah. But it seems like Saeed reacts to that maybe more than any player you, you might have even had. So how much of that has just accentuated the way he's been able to blossom this year? No, he and I had this conversation when he was a freshman that I came to the conclusion there's a certain way to communicate with him to get the most out of him. And, and we agreed that that's what our communication would be like for the rest of his career here. And um, it, it's been very positive. Um, and so there are moments during the game where he's, you know, he's voicing a thought and it's not necessarily calm, cool, and collectively the way he vocalizes it. And if you're not prepared for that, then it could go the other direction. But he, he means well. He wants to win. Um, he's, you know, he's trying to solve it right now. And one of the things I think that separates him from most other scorers is the game is slow. And he can slow it to his pace. And he sees bodies moving. And so... Most guys are reluctant to pass. They, they're they going to shoot into double teams and triple teams, and he'll do that from time to time. That's what scorers do. But he's pretty good at manipulating that second, third defender and finding open guys, which makes it very difficult to shut him down. And that's why he scores in spurts, because when they stop coming, that's when he gets aggressive. We covered this league since 2006, and there's been a whole bunch of guys that have had great careers, that have had great senior years. But so often when you're a guy who breaks on the scene before your senior year, then by the time you get to your senior year, the spotlight's so bright. You have so much pressure on you. And you see it around the league right now, even with guys like Jared Harding chasing the all-time scoring lead. He's got it at Weber. He's chasing the all-time scoring record at uh, in the Big Sky Conference. You know, a guy like Harold Frey. He's been a huge contributor at Montana State for several years. Trayvon Allen at Idaho. But these guys now, they're in their seniors. They're having good years. They are. But they're focused on so much attention. They have a lot of pressure on them. Are they actually playing their absolute best basketball in terms of just the free play and and with confidence in the flow of the game? That's what's been so pleasant to watch Saeed is that he's truly letting the game come to him and taking over at the same time. It's been a while since we've seen a dude actually in his senior year go out with this sort of a crescendo. How's he been able to do it? I mean, what's this like to watch for you? 
Um, I, I think he's done a good job of balancing the pressure and, and, and keeping his focus on the things that matter. I think he's so focused on winning that the, ind- the individual accolades aren't overshadowing his thought process on a daily basis. And then that's been a problem for most guys. Those guys you named, I don't know that they're going through that, but it's common. And when you look at the stat sheet, it looks like it. When you've got a guy that's shooting 30-something percent from the floor, um, you know, typically that, that, that doesn't lead to a lot of wins percentage-wise. Um, you know, sometimes that's because he's got to do a lot and it makes it difficult. I think Saeed's got to do a lot, and somehow he still shoots for percentage. He's still, I think right now, top five in every category that matters. Um, and that's balance and playing the right way. And sometimes you've got to help, help to do that. But I, I think that, you know, the pieces fit that around him. Um, you know, early in the year, we weren't making those shots when he was making those passes. And so he stopped making those passes. And there was a point in time where we told him, stop passing. <laughs> you, know, just, you can take 20 shots anytime you want. If you can get 20 shots off, you can have 20 shots. And eventually we got better around him. We got more consistent conversation changed. Okay, well, we don't need you to take 20 shots anymore. I think we, we, we're there now. Well, and, you know, th- those guys you mentioned too, they're the show uh, in, in, on their teams, basically. Right. Whereas your team, Travis, I mean, the, the, the level of talent that's there, whether it's young, whether it's veteran, is is pretty high all the way around. I want to talk about Kendall Manuel for a moment, though, because he's a guy who in his college career, whether it's Oregon State or here, you know, going into this season, has been get your shot, get your spot, you're going to get set up and you just knock it down. He's had to do a lot more driving, get to the bucket. I mean, my God, he threw down a, a dunk. Did you see that? He dunked the basketball. I mean, shocking. <laughs> I, wrote a, I wrote a story about it last night. I posted it this morning. And it was because that was his thousandth career point. Right. And I thought it was ironic that the guy who's made more jump shots than maybe anybody in the whole league, right. I think he's made 140 field goals this year. Every I think time. two of them have been dunks. Everything else has been a 15 to 25 footer. But I, I mean, it was a great moment. But I mean, he, he has. It seems like he's. His offensive evolution has been a necessity for this team in right. terms of what he's done. And it seemed like he wasn't entirely comfortable with that early and has become much more comfortable with that now. Again, I say trust. And he worked as hard as anyone in our program. I don't know if anyone worked as hard as him mm-hmm. in, in terms of the time he spent in the weight room, what he was doing um, before our workouts and after our workouts. And so he put he invested in being successful. And he wanted to be successful, and he wanted to win. And early in the year, I think that he put a lot of pressure on himself, and he had some other stuff going on um, that were distracting him. Unfortunately, um, the the adversities that we go through in life, and I think at a young age, it, it was a bit much for him. And once the smoke cleared on that, I thought I think his his mind cleared on the court. But at the same time, um, maybe he was trying to do a little too much. Um, as was Saeed and as were the freshmen. And you saw it offensively for us. There was no flow. The ball wasn't moving. It was sticky. Um, once he be, he started to trust that the ball will actually come to him, he started to turn down okay shots and start getting better shots, and then that's when his percentages started to make sense. It's 2 Tillman Wallace, one to nine ESPN Radio. Travis DeCure in studio with us, ESPN Roundtable. I want to ask you about you a little bit. You start when you take over for Wayne Tinkle. You have a good program that you're inheriting, but also 
I know that you wanted to mold it into the style of basketball and the player that your vision was, and that took some time to do, and you did that, and you were successful the whole way through, and now we know you know what's happened the last couple of years, but also the that class is you know going to remain one of the all-timers in the history of the program, and so now it feels like you're in sort of a third iteration of you as the head coach of this program and this team. You've answered the bell every time that you since you've been here. What has it been like for you to to move through last year into this season with three freshmen and now a, a really new mold again? It's been phenomenal. Um, <clears throat> for me, um, you know, I have these moments when my day starts in the morning. Um, I have these moments late night watching the film. Um, skimming through standings and stats nationally um, that I evaluate myself. I, I, I reset individual goals for, you know, whatever the moments might be. And it's not always wins and losses. And some of it might be recruiting. Some of it might be an individual player on the team of what I want to get out of them. Um, and so through those things, I have opportunities to reset. And, and when that group graduated last year, that was a major reset. And, you know, my goal was to not have slippage. Um, and that's very difficult to do, especially when you have a group of so many seniors to not dip. Um, and I thought that there's still room for growth for this, for our group, for our program in terms of where we are. And um, I think we're headed in the right direction. I think we're set up to continue with that, with the young group that we have on the floor, the young group coming in. Um, and so it's been exciting, and, and that's really what basketball is about, or any athletics for a head coach, is to keep moving, um, and not necessarily moving the bar, because I don't know that you always, I don't know that you can win 52 games in two seasons again. But what I can do is create a goal for a group and try to achieve it, and um, that that's the funnest part about this. This team... We talk about this, the state of college basketball. I stayed up late last night reading stories on The Athletic. One of the stories I read was about Memphis and Penny Hardaway and what's going on there. And you know, Penny Hardaway comes in and he signs the number one recruit in the country. He signs the number one recruiting class in the country. He gets up there at his press conference. He's ultimately confident. He says, we want all the smoke. Bring it on. We're Memphis. We're going to take it. And this year has been incredibly volatile for them. And they might not make the NCAA tournament. You know, number one guy, Wiseman, he leaves. But that's just, it's all over the place. And I mean, w- there was a point in time, I don't know what the statistic is this year, but as of uh, two years ago, I think something like 47% of Division One players were applying for transfers or at least exploring the opportunity of transferring. And it seems like kids these days, just societally, are never satisfied. And the, the balance of a team is just so tough. But to have... Not just one senior like Syed Pritchett, but three seniors that are really embracing the moment and, and really embracing their, their time to go out on top together, prioritizing winning together, to have three-star freshmen come in and buy into roles. It seems like it's completely atypical for college basketball. How proud does that make you? Um, extremely, because when you look at the seniors, um, they have three different stories that are a lot to be proud of. And, and great and, stories. I mean, what and, good stories, right? You can make an argument for each one of them. Say, man, I want this more for him. I want this more for him. I want, you know, he deserves this more because of this. And, I mean, they, they have phenomenal stories about why they're here right now and how they got here. Um, and to me, they're they're all success stories. 
you know, and and so there's a lot of times where, as a staff, we're talking about these guys individually, and it's like, man, it'd be nice to finish this off for him. Um, and, you know, I, I thought we had that with the group last year, too. I, I thought, you know, there were some guys that were so invested in this program that we had to win. And I don't know that I feel like we have to win a championship this year, but I know that where this group is headed right now and the way they're playing right now, it's been a fun ride, and probably I've been as emotional about this group as any. When it comes to the championship, uh, I mean, it's easy to remember two years ago, you had no business getting out of the semifinal. That's <laughs> the most ridiculous tournament I mean, I've ever watched. It, it, but, I mean, what's what, what the kid from North Dakota, even in those quarterfiles, the kid from North Dakota yeah, hit right, like right. eight three-pointers in the first half? I mean, there's there's all that we know, you know, <laughs> down at half in both championship games, let's see, all, all that. So, the tournament is the tournament. It's, it's a separate animal. But you went in with great expectations, I'm sure internally and certainly externally into those tournaments. Coming into this season, there wasn't nearly the expectations, but they have built. And I know that you want and thrive on a program that is the lead dog and that people are coming after, and it once again is that. It's Montana number one and everybody else after that. When you get to the tournament, I know it's a quarter of the season away still. Is that, for this team, a good thing to have that or or not? We have to own it. And they, they have no choice. And so that's why that comes up in recruiting, so that when you when you show up in Missoula, you know it, it, it's us against everybody. It just is what it is. And, you know, I, I think a lot of it's unconscious when you, you talk about the exterior, you know, the people that aren't a part of our program, but their approach to Big Sky basketball, Big Sky football, it's the same thing for Bobby. And it, it, you just have a group that looks at the, tra- the tradition of Montana, and no one wants to be a part of helping Montana win. If Montana gets it done, they got to earn it, and that makes it more difficult. The The internal workings of an athletic department are fascinating to me. I think that there is a lot of symbiotic relationships that happen that maybe people don't acknowledge as much, but you mentioned Coach Elk. Having him back in the fold, having a, a guy that's kind of like-minded, it's his alma mater as well. He knows the dominance that Montana has experienced in football. Does that help you guys as a program? Yeah, I, I think it's healthy to have another guy walk in the halls um, that, you know, is is has won some championships. Um, you know, when I first got here, it was Robin. Absolutely. And so when, when he retired, you know, it, I, I felt like, you know, I was assuming a leadership role um, in a very early stage of my career. So <clears throat> to have Bobby back has been healthy because now he's the leader, really. And so I get a chance to follow a little bit um, in, in some circumstances here and there and bounce some things off of a guy um, as decisions are made about external dis- things. Um, and, and that's been healthy for me and my program. So we, we, we definitely have welcomed him back with warm arms. You got one game uh, this week. It happens to be in Bozeman on Saturday night. It's always fun. This is a rivalry that uh, in your tenure has gone your way almost all the time. When it comes to this game with three Montanans playing in it, uh, for your team and multiples for for them as well, just, again, I mean, I know you've answered this a hundred times, how fun is just Cat Grizz environment, the whole whole setting of it? It's big. It's it's the game you know, um, the crowd. It's going to be packed. It'll be sold out, and it's going to be emotional for everyone on the floor. Um, 
having three guys from Montana in rotation makes it more fun, makes it more special because that's difficult to do. And it's just going to be difficult to continue to put that many Montana kids on the floor and play at the level that we're playing. And special things have to happen. One transfers back from the Pac-12. <clears throat> one leaves and comes back as, a, you know, an NAI All-American. Um, and so to be able to put those guys on the floor and watch them enjoy the moment is huge. And I'd like to see Jared play a little more than he did last time. <laughs> no doubt. If he can, I'm, I'm sure he will. Travis? We appreciate you coming in as always, man. It's always fun to have you here. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. It is time now uh, for our Mattress Firm Student of the Week, and we go to the phones. We welcome in Ella Stott from Shoto, Montana. She's a Shoto Bulldog, plays basketball there. Ella, how are you? I'm good. How are you? We're doing great, Ella. Thanks so much for taking the time and being with us here. You're there in Shoto, Montana. Now, Ella, I got to ask you here, anytime from talking to Shoto, do you know, have you had Alpine Touch? <laughs> you know, they make it there in yeah. your hometown. The Alpine Touch, it's great, right? Yeah, I love it. Okay, good. Everybody so loves now it. That we're impossible on, now that we're on the same page there, let's get into some 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 sports stuff. Now, you're a skier. You play some softball, but you're on the Shoto basketball team as well. Have you just been into athletics, into sports your whole life? Yes. What is your favorite sport? Do you have a favorite sport that you like to play? Yeah, I like softball a lot. What is it? So you said softball? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to turn my headphones up because, you know, i got to make sure that i got the connection. What is it about softball, though, that you like? Because softball is a huge sport in the state of Montana. I mean, Montana loves softball. A lot of kids playing it, and you yourself. So what do you like about it? Well, I like that it's a team sport. I like I don't like individual things because I get too nervous, but um, I like working with teams, and I'm a pitcher, and I personally absolutely love that. So that's my favorite position. When you talk about the dynamic between basketball and skiing, how do you convince the basketball coaches to let you go skiing? They would never let me go skiing in high school. Oh, I haven't gone skiing yet this year, like during the basketball season. So, yeah, got to keep it safe. Good, right? good cover. Yeah. Uh, good cover. Uh, Coulter would have lied to us too if he was put in the situation you were put in. Hey, now you also though you're doing stuff around the community with the younger kids, helping them, especially with some volleyball, right? You help out kids in the Shoto community there, and 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 teach and coach them. How'd you get involved in that? Well, um, when we were younger. Older kids always came into our practices and helped us, and I'm just kind of carrying out the tradition. 
What do you like about helping out the younger kids? Is it fun for you to like get in there and kind of show them the ropes and get a kick out of it a little bit? Oh, yeah. I like to be bossy sometimes. <laughs> and it's fun because we're like skill-wise much better than them. So when we scrimmage, we get to do that. But we're also teaching them a lot. So having them playing against better competition is going to make them better in the long run. Man, you sound like Michael Jordan. You know, he wouldn't <laughs> let his kids win at Candyland and all of that. You know, I mean, that you're just it's very competitive. But, yes, they need to learn, right? They got to get, got to play the better competition. That's the deal. Ella Stott, our mattress firm student of the week from Shoto. What year are you there at Shoto, uh, Ella? I'm a sophomore. You get you're a sophomore, so you got a couple years left. What is the what is your favorite thing about being in Shoto in terms of being a Shoto Bulldog and playing sports there the next couple of years? You got a bunch of friends that you're on teams with and that kind of thing. Yeah, we're a really close community because we're so small and everybody knows everybody. So. Well, I'll tell you what, you certainly won uh, the uh, the Planet Earth competition because they're on the Rocky Mountain front. I mean, I just don't know if it gets much better than Shoto, Montana. I mean, it is spectacular there. So you're in a good situation all the way around. Ella, we appreciate you being here with us, being our Mattress Firm Student of the Week. Congratulations to you on that. And now you will be in the running to be the Mattress Firm Student of the Year. You know about that at the end of this whole thing? Oh, no, I didn't hear about that. Well, I got great news for you, okay? There's a there's going to be a big vote at the end of this whole deal, and all the students of the week are going to be eligible to win a $3,000 scholarship from Mattress Firm for next year. So you are into that for being the student of the week. So congratulations to you, all right? Wow, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Ella, for being with us. Appreciate it. I accepted yeah. her. I accepted her salutation like I'm the one providing the money. <laughs> it's Mattress Firm that's doing it, not not me. But certainly I'm happy to be the messenger. It's good to carry good news, you know? Hey, get on Mattress Firm, get on Ella. Absolutely. If you go to mattressfirmmt.com, by the way, you can nominate a student, a kid uh, that you know, that you uh, are aware of, that's doing great things in their community. They, they can be an athlete, but they don't have to be. Cause we've had some speech and debaters. We've had some band folks. We've had, uh, we've had a homeschooler in here. Uh, throughout the, the, this uh, this series. So any kid that's out there doing good things, we want to highlight those kids. And as I mentioned, uh, you'll be th- that 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 uh, individual will be featured on SWX and uh, on a television news uh, piece. And then the uh, the interview here, and you have an opportunity to get a three thousand dollar mattress for uh, uh, scholarship. Excuse me, courtesy of Mattress Firm. So go check that out, mattressfirmmt.com. Quick break. One more opportunity at this thing. Is Stefan Diggs going to be a Minnesota Viking next year? Don't look at Instagram, Vikings fans. Don't look at it now. It's only going to depress you. You know, Coulter, the online world is complex, and it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online. And let's be honest, every business is online in this day and age. How nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also making it secure? One of the great books ever written, Eric Hoffer, The True Believer. One of the theses in this book is man of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot. Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action. When your business online 
needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. Ensure that your company is online all the time. Get the people of action from Blackfoot Communications. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. All right, Colter, we got a, a potpourri of items to go through here, but I want okay. to start with Stefan Diggs, who has evidently removed any photo of him and anything Vikings-related from Instagram. Now, that feels pretty ominous to me from the guy. I love Stefan Diggs. I think he's a great wide receiver. I think he's a better wide receiver than Adam Thielen. That's my personal opinion. Adam Thielen has been more productive. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying in terms of the skill sets, I think Diggs has it. He also has been responsible for some drama on the Minnesota Vikings, but also perhaps some change because when he finally started to get sideways in terms of you know what he was saying and getting upset and so forth and so on is when Captain Kirk turned the thing on and had one of the – I mean, I know you hate Kirk Cousins. That's fine. He had like a four- to six-game stretch this season that was better than everybody else in the league during the time that he was ripping it. He had the highest quarterback rating for a single month in the history of the NFL. I mean, it's crazy. And but that so, also is a flawed stat. Because it is. It has to do with, I mean, they were running the ball. It, it's a flawed stat, no question. It's still, it, it's still pretty remarkable. Ever? I mean, that's pretty remarkable. So all I'm saying is we can, we can put all that aside. Is Stefan Diggs walking out? Is he done with the Minnesota Vikings? And if so, how big a problem is that? Don't care whatsoever. Who's the last? When's the last time a receiver led a team to the Super Bowl? Was the pivotal member of a team that won a Super Bowl? Well, I mean, the closest you're going to come is Jerry Rice. Absolutely. Who else? None. Never. It doesn't matter. And if he's going to be a headache like he was last year. But here's my qu- the bigger news today with the Vikings is that Everson Griffin is opting out. That's a way bigger deal. I mean, everybody's opting out. I mean, th- this is going to erode exactly as I expected it to, and and that's just what it is. Okay, I think the Vikings window w- maybe still is one more year, but that's it. They had their window, and I don't think they're going to get. I mean, if it's not next year, it's never. Or I shouldn't say never. It's never with this group. Right. Let me ask you this. Because Limbaugh Joseph's going to be up. Xavier Rhodes is going to be up. Harrison Xavier Smith. Rhodes is done. Exactly. 30 in the NFL. That's it. I mean, Everson Griffin's now 31. Xavier Rhodes is 30. Limbaugh Joseph's 31. I, you can't keep everybody. And at some point, you have to cut your losses. I mean, here's the thing, though, is that Nobody knew who Lenval Joseph was until they did. And the thing that is the key to this thing, I mean, when you talk about windows, is who are you reloading with? Totally. And, and also... And, the, and they've been great. I mean, we put, we talk about the Seahawks player development. Mm-hmm. The Vikings have been exceptional at player development on the defensive in side spots. of the ball. Yeah, on defense. Exactly. Exactly. All right. How about this? Cam Newton, free agent, not coming back to uh, Carolina. Where do you think you go? Uh, here's the here's my opinion on all this stuff. I, w- I was thinking about this the other day. Forever and ever and ever, 
if a player had an announcement to make, usually that player had a member of the media that he trusted in his back pocket that he would then go to that would be the trusted revealer of that information. Mm -hmm. And now the revealer of the information is the player via the social media. I thought about this when Drew Brees announced that he was coming back. It used to be that Drew Brees might have his favorite reporter or columnist from the New Orleans paper or whoever it might be, or his favorite TV guy or a radio guy, whatever. And he would say, hey, let me come on your show and we're going to talk about something big tomorrow. And he would say it there. Now they can do it themselves. Pluses and minuses, certainly. Because players have such a huge platform that cannot really be regulated in any way, as soon as you become a head case or an arrogant sort of distraction, I just feel like because the the chemistry of a locker room is so delicate, no matter how talented you are, so a lot of times it's good ridden. So if Stefan Diggs leaves Minnesota, I think he's replaceable even if his talent isn't. Just like if Cam Newton leaves, I think he's replaceable even if his talent isn't, and I don't know. What, I mean, what do you think the market for Cam Newton is? Oh. I've heard some. I've heard some rumors that John Gruden is completely done with Derek Carr with the Raiders, and he's going to be on the hunt. And then his top two guys are Philip Rivers and Cam Newton. What do you think of that? I would buy the first part, but I don't know about. I mean, why Philip Rivers? I mean, Philip Rivers is not better than Derek Carr. Period. Tom Brady is, and that that rumor has been swirling for a long time with the Raiders specifically. Right? Who knows? Who who knows about that? I think that that Cam Newton is going to have his pick of the litter. I mean, you know, obviously within reason, but of te- I think I think any team who is in need of a quarterback or believes that they're in need of a quarterback would be interested in Cam Newton, and I think several of them are prepared to write checks to get Cam Newton in there. For, you know, I don't think these are going to be six, eight-year deals. Sure. But a three-year, right? How old is Cam Newton? Not 30. David, how old is Cam Newton? You tell us here in just a moment. But, I, I mean, he, you know, he's coming off this Cam Newton injury. He's going to be 31 on May 11th. Wow, he, so he is 30. He's, wow. thir- he's 30. Interesting. And... Normally, you would say as a quarterback that who you know that's not that big a deal. But he's not just a quarterback; he's Cam Newton. He's taken more big shots than anybody in the at that position since he came into the league. So it it's it's a it's a lot of wear on that thirty year old body, as we saw where he he didn't even play this past season or played a couple of games, and that was it. My point is is that he's still unbelievably talented. He's still got all the physical you know, attributes to do it. Certainly. And so he is absolutely not just a viable, but a, 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 a very strong to good quarterback for the next couple of seasons. And, a, and teams would, would kill for that. I agree I, to me because of the enigma that he is and how emotional he operates. We've talked about this on the show multiple times. When Cam Newton is settled and satisfied He's one of the great talents in the NFL. I mean, he won the MVP and led Carolina to the doorstep of the Super Bowl. And, but that's why I, I just wonder. You're right. He's going to have a lot of suitors. Mm-hmm. What's the right fit, though? Well, I don't know what the right fit is, but I guess my point. Like, is, if you went to a place like Pittsburgh, it's a good fit, right? If you went to a place like 
Miami or the Raiders before the Raiders go to Vegas? I mean, I don't know. Would you really want Cam Newton in Vegas or Cam Newton in Miami? It just seems like he's a guy that doesn't really have a, he, he doesn't manage distractions very well. And when he doesn't, he becomes one of the ultimate distractions. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not going to chalk it up to distractions. I would chalk it up to emotion, though. I mean, to me, this is all right. about the field. Like, you can see how the game is going on Cam Newton's face every single time, and that's not ideal. So, And, and also, he, he is just a distraction to your franchise no matter what, but it can be a great marketing tool and a great positive when you're winning and a great negative when you're not. I mean, he shows up into the press conferences his hat is a storyline every week but but who cares but all i'm saying is all i'm saying you don't have to care when you're winning because it's great you don't have to care when you're losing what hat he's wearing like nobody i I just don't that's the stuff i don't buy at all zero zero so why do his teams implode so much when it's not going well because when he's over there sulking on the sidelines and he's got his hat his head in in a in a in a in a towel and he's clearly upset and all that. That's the stuff that is real. That's the storyline. Not not what did he wear to the, to the press conference. I'm not saying it's the storyline. I'm just saying it it gives him a, a bigger spotlight than a lot of other losing he quarterbacks. Does. I mean, he's got he's got a huge spotlight on him. He's a gregarious, outgoing, engaging guy, uh, and and he brings. Yeah. He brings the focus on himself for better or worse. Exactly. So I and that's what I'm saying. That. I'm not trying to like really the, this the. The hats are just symbolic. I mean, okay. I, I buy it as a symbol. Here's I, what I just, all, I, all I just think that Cam Newton could have a really good renaissance or or not. It's very broad I, where he could be. I, I agree with that. All I'm saying is he's going to have his options. It's not like he's just going to have to wait for the phone to ring. He's going to get to pick. That's my opinion. I think there's going to be multiples out there for him. Boys and girls, happy Thursday to you. Coulter and Bozeman tomorrow at Universal Athletic. Me right here and all of us with you. We'll see you then. Seafood lovers, it's time to get cracking. At the Montana Club's annual Lobster Fest. Feast on one of our 19 mouthwashes. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.